0: Why hello, everyone, and welcome to the Younger Old Man podcast episode. I think three, season Dos. numero dos, two D, I think is French. I don't really know. I'm terrible at foreign languages. Uh, I wish I was not. I wish I could speak Chinese. I wish I could speak Spanish and Italian and Russian. Russian is a beautiful language, by the way. Um, I don't know if you ever like have had a chance to listen to somebody. Like two people have a conversation in Russian. It is a beautiful language, very romantic. Um, I don't think that gets talked about very much. Yeah, the the, the Russian language is actually somewhat romantic. Um, they also have lots of words uh, to describe things in English that we really just don't have words for. Of course, that's what they say about every single language. It just doesn't translate into English. It just uh, they're just so much more sophisticated than English. Which is maybe true. I don't know. Again, I'm terrible with foreign languages, so I wouldn't know. But I've heard that about the Russian language. Um, Am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say that now? Am I allowed to say anything good about Russian language or Russian people? They're all just people. We're all just people. Um, We don't need to get into all that. Anywho, um, what's been going on in your neck of the woods? I've been busy. Busy, 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 busy. Since I last chatted at you. Um many things going on. Uh update on the forerunner conversion. It is basically done. Um yeah, I think I just need to sand some legs, make one cut. Uh, and I think it's good to go. Everything dry fitted in pretty nicely. I just needed to do a couple leg modifications on the front section of it. Um I would do it very differently if I were to do it again, just the front section. I'm very happy with the back areas cabinet. Um, the drawers work great. The profile was cut out great. Um, the hinges worked great. Uh, very happy with it. It's just how the front section connects to the back that I just felt was kind of lazy and rushed, but I was kind of like, I'm tired. I don't really need to spend any more money on this. Um, And it'll work fine. Um, I can lay down on it and not have it collapse. And I'm the heaviest person in my entire family. So obviously it's going to work fine. Um, If you hear a gust of wind, I'm sorry. Uh, It's super windy Um, in Forerunner Forerunner Studios today. Uh, We're getting our wonderful November gusts that we normally get in October. But they're coming late. Anyway, so it's it's wicked cold, dude. And it's wicked windy. Um, so maybe you'll hear that in the background, I don't know. So that's kind of status on the Forerunner, which I'm very glad to be basically done. Um, just feel like it's kind of taken longer than I wanted it to. It's not like a beautiful piece of, I don't know, conversion. You know, like the, you'll see people's, I don't know, trailer conversions or whatever, tiny house builds or stuff on YouTube, and you're like, wow, it's so pretty and neat and kitschy and cool. Um, that wasn't my goal with this, and it didn't turn out like that, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like it it should have taken me less time than it did. But at the same time, I mean, like I'm working from scratch. I didn't work off of any plans or anything. I just kind of made it all up. Um, and it seems to work. So I'm happy about that. Um, took a little longer, but I think that's just the way projects go. You you have a project in mind. You're like, yeah, it's not going to be that bad. You just do this, this, and this. And then along the way, you have to change like 20 things and, you know, so anyway, that's kind of buttoned up. Um, But more excitingly, more excitingly, uh, two weeks ago now, I don't know how long it's been since I've done this podcast. It wasn't this week. It was last week. Um, last week I finally shot a deer with my bow. Very, very exciting. Um, hmm. Kind of an incredible, uh, not kind of, an absolutely incredible experience. Um, and it all just changes very, very quickly. It all happens very quickly, I should say. Um, but yeah, I was out by myself on public land, uh, in an area that, um, a friend of mine kind of helped me scout before, uh, so I knew it was going to be a pretty good spot. Tons of scrapes, tons of rubs, buck rubs, buck scrapes. Um, basically I had really only been sitting in the tree for about an hour, um, yeah, something like an hour I think. Um sitting around waiting. Uh I let out a little buck grunt to see if I could get anything to come to me. 20 minutes went by, still kind of nothing. And then just a little bit later, um I heard kind of some rustling around. I was like I'm pretty sure I just heard a deer. Then I heard a little grunt, just like one little small one. I was like I'm pretty sure there's a buck over there. So I grunted again, waited 5 minutes, kind of got a return grunt and some movement again. Grunted again. And then this time a doe ran past me, like right underneath my tree stand. Uh, just shot right past me. And I was like, I, I didn't even know if there was a buck for sure, but I thought there was. Um, so I would, I would have been happy to shoot a doe or a buck. It didn't matter to me. I was hunting for meat. I don't really care. Um, I have a buck tag and a doe tag. I mean, now I don't have a buck tag because I used it. Um, anyway, and then there were some uh, small hemlock trees off to my left, um, and I just kind of hear two deer moving in through them, and I kind of could see, both of them kind of couldn't, I could see that there were two deer, I couldn't really see whether they were doe or bucks, um, and then the buck kind of poked its head through a little clearing in the, in the hemlocks, and I saw that it had antlers, I'm like, okay, I can't tell if it's legal yet, but I think it is, um, it was basically just on the edge of, uh, the hemlock trees, um, and I was standing, had my bow in my hand. Uh, it was just on the edge. I drew back just waiting for the deer to kind of come forward. Um, yeah, he kind of grunted around a little more. But at that point, I mean, I was at full draw. So I couldn't really make any more grunts or anything like that. Which is probably better because my grunts aren't that convincing. I mean, they're convincing enough to get attention. But I don't think they're convincing enough to, to really uh, fully imitate a buck. My my grunt tube is also broken, so that's probably part of the problem. Uh, I had my wife's cousin be like, oh, you don't have a grunt tube? Here, I'll bring one in for you. This was like a year ago. This was the last hunting season. He brought one in. He's like, it's kind of broken, but it still sort of works. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I was at full draw and I was just kind of waiting for him to come out. He came out walking fairly quickly. Um, just kind of came to an open clearing section between the hemlocks and... The next oak tree over and I just kind of grunted at it just kind of yelled at me had him stop and made sure my shot was aligned pretty good and let the arrow go um he took off like a shot the doe behind him took off too I mean it's basically rut. it was basically in the beginning of the rut anyway so it was November 7th 8th 8th I shot him I think <laughs> Which typically around here people say that the 7th is usually a good day for people to be shooting deer for whatever reason. Um, Seems a lot of people have luck on the 7th. Anyway, he took off. uh, Ran over the next ridge. I wasn't even sure if I hit him. I actually kind of thought I shot low. Um, Turns out I shot high. Uh, Perfect left to right. You know, perfect dead center. But I shot a little high. Um... But anyway, I, I thought I had shot low, so I wasn't sure. I, had, I was just like in complete shock and disbelief, like it just happened because it, it just happens so fast. Like all of a sudden, there's a deer there. Okay, can I shoot the deer? A oh, holy cow! It's within range. I mean, that deer is probably 18 to 22 yards. It was pretty close. Um, and then you're just like, wow, is this ha-? like the whole time? It's just kind of like this. Is this really happening? Is this really happening? Is this really happening? Just like extreme excitement, your adrenaline's going. Um, a lot of people talk about shakes, uh, getting the shakes when this happens. I didn't have the shakes at all. Um, my heart was pounding through my head, but I don't think I had the shakes. So, um, which worked out really well because you're trying to shoot a bow. So all you're trying to do is be stable and breathe. (laughs) And that was kind of like what came to mind. Like, okay, slow down, breathe. Okay, slow down, breathe. Do you actually have a good shot? Like, you know. Granted, I mean, you have a legal buck within shooting distance. It doesn't mean you're going to pull off a good shot. So make sure you make the shot count. Um, It's kind of like a little mantra I say to myself whenever I get in the stand. Like, if today is the day that I get to shoot a deer, please help me just, you know, shoot true. Um, Because, you know, you're going to shoot an animal. You want it to suffer as little as possible. Um, So anyway, I took my shot. He took off like a shot. Uh Haha. Little uh, little two word usage there. Anyway, I was in complete disbelief, so I had um, texted a friend of mine, the one who actually, uh, my wife's cousin's husband, has been really gracious and helped me scout many different times. Has helped me every season, um, trying to scout places out, trying to show me like this is what you're looking for, this is how you do this. He's the one who showed me how to climb a tree. Um, I was using his old or his old tree stand this whole season um, like, like a really great mentor to have. Um, he's gone hunting with me a number of times, but he's really showed me kind of what I'm looking for and how to go about hunting, uh, in the East, which is super cool. So anyway, I texted him right away. I was like, Hey, I just took a shot at a buck. He's like, and did it feel high? Did it feel low? You know, that kind of thing. And I texted my wife as well. And she's like, and so every, I texted, I think, three people and they're all kind of like, OK, well, you took a shot. What does that mean? And I saw him run off over the ridge. So I couldn't really see what happened. And it kind of felt low. So half of me thought I missed. Um, so I texted back. Uh, Evan is his name. I texted back. I was like, I'm going to get down and look for my arrow. He's kind of like, well, no, 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 don't don't go after him yet. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to go after him. I'm not going to go looking for him. They say you want to give, like, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour at least until you go looking. Um, That way you don't jump him while he's dying or anything like that and have him run away like crazy. Uh, So anyway, I was like, no, but I want to go right where I took my shot at him, right where he was, to see if, you know, to see if I can see my air right away, to see if there's any blood on it, to see if I missed so I get down out of the tree stand um, And I, I go over to where I thought <clears throat> he was standing Because it's always like it, it, It's hard to tell Like when you're in the tree it, You know, one place seems like another place So anyway, I walked in that direction I don't see my arrow But I all of a sudden find this huge splattering of blood So I was like, okay, well I definitely hit him Whether I had a good shot or not I definitely hit him And I don't see my arrow which I never found my arrow. I actually went back to look for my arrow. I think twice. I still haven't found it. So I don't know what happened with that. <clears throat> I definitely went through him though. Because there was an entry and exit wound. Um, so anyway. Uh, I was like okay. Cool. I hit him. I know I need to give it like an hour. So texted Evan back. And I was like yeah I definitely hit him. Um, there's definitely blood. Uh, if you want to come meet me. Uh, we'll go meet me at the truck. We'll go look for him you know in an hour because he was getting off work so I grab all my stuff head back to my dad's truck um kind of set everything aside that I'm not going to need find a bigger flashlight and then we go off trailing uh we you know we waited an hour we went back to where I first found the blood we followed the blood trail there was a good blood trail for I don't know he probably went 100 yards and uh Evan actually saw the deer first he's laying there against a tree and or against a log um and it was amazing, it was just, like, this incredible, I don't know, it's, it's a, I feel like it's said too much anymore, but at the same time, it's, like, it, it just kind of felt like, I don't know, in the, in the, uh, field dressing, I guess that's the politically correct way to say it, it just kind of felt, um, somewhat natural, like, I didn't know what I was doing and field dressing it, but at the same time, like, it felt so familiar and normal, um, I don't know. It was, it's just like this incredible, it's a very visceral, very real feeling. I think it's anytime you do anything, um, with your own two hands that you get this really real feeling. I don't know how else to say it. I don't think there's anything quite like it. Uh, but it's just like this thing that like, oh yeah, this is, this is what you do. Like it just felt normal in a way. Like, uh, like I've done this before, but I haven't, I don't know. Um, it just as this incredible, like very, very real, very human experience. It was just an incredible thing. Um, and you know, like I said, the deer probably went like a hundred yards just over the ridge. So, um, luckily he probably died pretty quickly. <clears throat> um, and looking at my shot, I'm pretty sure I just got one lung and that's kind of how deer died. Um, cause I didn't really find anything on the heart. So I'm assuming it was mostly just, uh, Mostly a lung shot, so that was good. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do with the deer. I didn't know if I was going to take it to somebody to have them process it for me. Evan was nice enough to help me uh, skin the deer uh, right away at home. Hung it up on the on the tree limb that we hang our swings on. Uh, my daughter Rowena was out there, like just amazed at it. I said, "What do you think?" And she just kept smiling. Kept smiling which was really cool. Cause I mean, I didn't want her to be freaked out. I mean, there's, you know, this dead animal hanging from the tree that she swings on, um, tearing its hide off. Anyway, so did that, hung it overnight. Um, I'm giving you the abbreviated version, but uh, anyway, skinned it, hung it overnight. Um, a friend of mine got a buck the next morning. So he brought his over, we skinned his, uh, and then we cut all the meat off of my deer. I wanted to hang it for more like a week, um, but we kind of had some unseasonably warm weather. Uh, it was like 50s and 60s, so it was like, this kind of needs to get done and taken care of. Um, so I, I didn't know how to butcher a deer. I didn't know how to process it, um, but I followed Stephen Ronella's book, um, and it worked out pretty well. I mean, you know, I didn't make the nicest cuts compared to like a butcher, but got the back straps off, got the tenderloins off. Uh, I got some steaks and roasts from the hindquarters. Uh, took a but you know, got a pile of meat to be ground for burger. Had the Dutchman do that close to my house. Um, I would have liked to have my own grinder and just done it myself. Uh, did a 10% fat ratio. We used beef fat. I wanted to use bacon ends for the fat for the burger, but, um, I couldn't find any in the area. Um, just cause it's deer season. So lots of other people are doing the same thing. A lot of people like to use bacon ends. So I got some beef fat from my local butcher, um, used a 10% ratio on that, maybe a little more than 10%, I think I had like 24 pounds and change of meat, and I brought, I bought like two or three pounds of fat, yeah, so, a little more than 10%, um, yeah, and then I actually had a vac sealer from my good friend Carl, he gave me a free vac sealer, I used that, worked great, froze my steaks, froze my roasts, uh, my tenderloins, my back straps, um, it felt really cool to do it all myself, I mean, not myself, I had lots of help, it was my buddy and his wife and his five kids came over, they helped us out a good bit, which was awesome, our kids played, um, kids watched a little bit as we took care of the deer, which was awesome, uh, we ended up helping them, um, take all the meat off of their deer, then a couple days later, they hung it in their garage, their garage stayed a little cooler, uh, so it's just a really cool experience to do that. Again, just like a very real, very visceral, like really cool, hey, I shot this thing, now I'm processing it myself, and now this is the meat my family's going to eat, which is super cool. Um, if you've listened to anybody talk about homesteading or hunting, you've heard my, you've heard that spiel a million times. Um, but if you haven't, I mean, it's just being in charge of your own food, being in charge of your own sustenance in whatever way, whether that's gardening, um, you know, you, not interested in hunting you're not interested in killing anything that's fine and good um just being in charge of your own sustenance in whatever way that is i think is an incredible thing uh it's very rewarding feeling it's a very uh it's also cheaper (laughs) it's a lot cheaper um but it's just it's just a lot more important to you then um the food you eat is you know carries a lot more weight um you know it's pretty easy to go to the grocery store although it's actually not so easy anymore since food is so crazy expensive but um, I don't know. It, it, it's just a lot more rewarding and it means a lot more to you. Um, you know, you provided your own food. It's just an amazing thing. Again, whether that's your garden, um, you hunted something, uh, you, I don't know, whatever you raised meat chickens, you raised a cow, whatever it is. I mean, again, you know, I, I think people take it to mean like, oh, I have to kill an animal. I have to kill life. I mean, well, If you really think about it, if you're going to garden anything, you're planting something and then you're going to kill it and pull it out of the ground. I mean, you're kind of, you're kind of ignoring reality (laughs) a little bit. Um, (laughs) If you have eaten anything ever, something died for you to eat it. (laughs) You can argue about like, you know, whether plants are living things or not, I guess, but they were once alive in the ground and they grew, right? So it was a living thing, you know, whether it had, I don't know. You can get into that crazy, like, game of whether something is, you know, has life or uh, has, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Has presence, not presence, that's not the word. I don't know what it is. Awareness? I don't know. You can argue about that, but, um, you know, plants, plants were living things at one point, just in the sense of, you know, they grew out of the ground. (laughs) That's a living thing. Whether it's like living to you like an animal is or not, that's, you know, that's up to you to decide. But if you've eaten anything ever, something was alive at one point and now it's dead and now you're eating it. So anyway, um, but he has an incredible experience and it's really cool to provide your own food. Um, and it was very cool to, you know, cut up the deer, you know, just between myself and some friends and my wife, um, it was really cool to not use a processor for that, the only thing we used the processor for, again, was just to make the burger, because we don't have a grinder, um, and I'd be happy to buy a grinder, I, I was planning on buying one before, but it was just, like, I can't justify buying one if I've never shot a deer yet, and this is the first deer I've ever shot, so, um, if somebody's interested, I don't really care so much about, um, points or size or anything. It was a good bodied buck. Uh, it was, I think it used to be a six point cause it was technically a five point deer. Um, but it was pretty obvious that one of the tines was broken off. So I'm pretty sure it was a six point at some point. It's fairly wide. I mean, it was definitely not setting any records by any means. Um, uh, but it was a good bodied buck, nice size antlers. Um, if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, I, uh, had the head sent off to be tested for cwd there's a million debates on that uh which side of the fence you fall on with that whether you care about cwd whether you care and you'll never eat a cwd deer whether you care and you know it has cwd and you don't care and you leave the meat i don't care that's up to you that's whatever your own thing um but it was free to get tested and i wasn't going to get the head mounted or anything so i figured i'd send the head off to get tested just out of curiosity. Um, Yeah. Incredible, incredible experience. I can't wait to hunt again. Um, We're now at the end of our first season of archery in Pennsylvania. I don't think I'm going to go out for second archery just because I've already been uh, lucky enough to have a deer in the freezer. Um, I will go out for a rifle, hopefully fill a doe tag. I'd like to get another deer in the freezer. That'd be great. Um, But second archery is wicked gold. <laughs> I went out for it the last two years for like one or two days each and I'm like, dude, it's just cold. It's just, there's something about being in a tree in January that's just cold. Um, so hang up the climber stand for the year. I think hang up the bow for the year. I think, um, a lot of modifications of what I would do differently next year. Um, lighted knocks on my arrows for next year. Cause I never found my first area arrow. Um, I think I might use different broadheads next year. I've tested mine out and I think they could fly a little straighter. Um, and I know that's my broadhead cause I use the same arrows. I know how my arrows fly. Um, I use fixed blade through, uh, what did I use? Muzzy Trocars. They're super old ones. I mean, they like, I bought them brand new, but I guess it's a super old style. Um, my friend who got a buck, uh, used mechanical ones, I think the Rage broadheads or something like that. Um, his deer, I, I don't know, actually, I don't really know if it's from his broadhead, so it's more my assumption. Um, fixed, uh, fixed blade, um, the arrow, the head goes through the deer. Mechanical, basically after the arrow penetrates, it has two little arms or two little blades that come out and extend. And basically the idea is they're longer and they do a lot more damage than a fixed blade. Um, so that in theory, once you hit it, you kill the deer faster. It's the idea. Um, it also tears right through the deer a lot more. Um, and then looking at his deer versus my deer again, I don't know if this is actually from his broadhead or not. I don't know if it's his shot. He had a better shot than I did. Um... But he seemed to have caused more damage and I think there's a little more damage to the meat and I think there ended up being a lot more blood on his deer than mine. Again, I don't actually know if it's from his broadhead or not, but this is my theory. Um, So I think I'm going to continue using fixed blades. But I think I might find ones that are maybe maybe shoot a little straighter. I don't know if that's really a thing. I'd have to do more research. I'm not... I, I don't like... I'm not all huge into arrows, broadheads, and Bows like crazy. I'm not like crazy into the technology itself. Uh, my bow is from 2015. I think it shoots great. Shoots pretty accurate. I like the arrows I use. I don't have a whole lot of complaints. I'm not going to go crazy into it. I'm not going to spend a million dollars on the newest bow setup, the newest arrow setup, because it changes all the time anyway, just like everything else. So, um, yeah, that's hunting a deer. That was shooting a deer. It was an amazing experience. I can't wait to do it again. I will go out and rifle because hopefully I'd like to put another deer in the freezer um, for the meat um, because we'll definitely eat it, and meat's very expensive. The meat is delicious. It's very nutrient-dense, and again, meat is crazy expensive. like everything. Everything in the world right now is crazy expensive. So, um, you know, in total, I think I've spent $45 for hunting licenses this year. I don't know, it's like 20 25 bucks 25 for a hunting license, $15 for the archery privilege, and then $4 or $6 for a doe tag. So, yeah, pretty cheap meat. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my spiel on hunting. Also, another project that I did recently was uh, making some beef tallow. Um, it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. I didn't know where I could get the fat to do it. I didn't really understand the process. Um, a friend of mine's wife... Who uh, helped us with deer? She said that basically you can take beef kidney fat um, and put it in the crock pot for an extended period of time. Um, that's kind of how you render the fat out to make beef tallow. Um, so I said, "Cool." I just needed to figure out how to could get uh, some kidney fat. Um, and granted, we live in a valley that's full of dairy farming, so there's and our you know local butcher processes beef like every day, um, every day that they're open, pretty much. So I got to talking to them because I got some beef suet from them just beef fat, uh, to put in our, you know, ground, our ground venison. Um, also if it sounds like I'm shaking, I got really cold all of a sudden. (laughs) So hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm, uh, have my teeth chattering or anything like that. Anyway, so I asked them, my local butcher, if they could save some kidney fat for me. I had them save about eight pounds. (laughs) huge amount of, it's just huge chunk of fat right around the kidneys. Um, so they called me when they had it ready, uh, just this huge eight pound chunk of, you know, beef fat. Um, you kind of cut off all the stuff that's undesirable and you cut it into cubes. Um, undesirable meaning there's just little sections that have blood on or little sections that have a little remnant of kidney. Um, but they cut it pretty clean for me. So I didn't have to do a whole lot of taking stuff off, but I cut it into one by one inch cubes threw it in the food processor till it was ground up into, like, popcorn size uh, chunks, and then threw all those chunks into the crockpot, threw it in the crockpot for, they say, six to eight hours, um, I think we did hours for about seven, you want to do it on low, our crockpot actually tends to get a little hotter than other crockpots for whatever reason, um, let's see how many times I can say crockpot in one minute, uh, anyway, so we did hours for about seven hours, there's little, uh, Crispy pieces that come to the top. Once that all happens and rises to the top, you strain that all out. Strain it through cheesecloth. Put it into a jar, and you got your beef tallow. Uh, we ended up with, I think, two quarts and two and a half pints of tallow from eight pounds of beef fat. Um, I paid like a dollar twenty-nine a pound, so I paid like ten, eleven dollars for eight pounds of kidney fat, and got, like I said. Two quarts and through two and a half pints. Um I don't know if it was grass-fed. I don't think it was just based on the color. Grass-fed fat is usually um a little more yellow and a little less uh white. Just a little bit, not like crazy. Ours had a little yellowing in it. I'm not really sure. It might have been a grass-fed and corn finished. Um, but like if you were to go to the store and you buy your epic beef tallow, granted it's grass-fed. But it's eleven or no, it was thirteen dollars for sixteen ounces. So for a pint, it's thirteen dollars for a pint of beef tallow. I spent ten dollars and got two quarts, two and a half pints. So um, just kind of going to show you if you do stuff yourself, it's way cheaper and it's not hard, and you can totally do it. Um, So I I mean, and what we'll use that for is cooking. Uh, We cook in a cast iron most of the time. Um, it has a really high cooking point, flash point. I don't know what that word is. Anyway, you can get it really hot and it cooks really well. Um, you can use it in place of bacon grease. Uh, I think it cooks better than bacon grease too, to be honest. Um, yes, cooking in animal fat is actually good for you. <laughs> Despite what, what, what some other people might say. Um, stay away from your vegetable oils, except olive oils. Olive oil is obviously great. Coconut oil is obviously great. Avocado oil is great to cook in. Um but for a cast iron <clears throat> uh olive oil is a little you, you can't cook it quite as hot. Coconut oil you can cook pretty hot. Um avocado oil I think you can cook fairly hot. But anyway, <clears throat> those are fairly expensive. So we use beef fat, beef tallow. Um super cheap. Very happy with that little project didn't take too much to do either. Um, So, yeah, just kind of more examples. You can do stuff yourself. It's not hard. It's way cheaper. Um, There are plenty of resources to do so. You can find resources to do all these things on YouTube. Um, If you're super daunted by... Or if it seems very daunting to do anything in the hunting world, um, Stephen Rinello's podcast or Stephen Rinello's books are super helpful. I just... Seriously, when I was processing that deer, all I was doing is I had his one book in front of me and i followed step by step what it said in the book of how to deal with the deer again did i like do it perfectly like a processor would no but i also don't really care i mean i i'm not that picky um so but even if you are picky it goes step by step like you could get really good at it i don't know uh I, I think people are afraid to try things because they're afraid of messing things up. But I think that's just kind of life. Life is a just trial and error of messing things up. You're going to mess things up. That's how you learn. Um, I think I've said that a million times. But yes, that's how you learn. Try it out. Look for mentors. 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 What does that mean? Um, if you can find mentors to do things, that's super helpful. Um, and... Uh, Yeah, learn from anyone you can, I guess. You'll pick up things from lots of different people and it'll be very helpful. Um, So that's my spiel on hunting. That's my spiel on beef tallow. Uh, I would do it again. We still need to butcher the chickens um, because we're getting like an egg a day, maybe. I didn't get any eggs yesterday. Um, And we're going to be gone for a month, so it's time to take care of that. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. We're baking all the pies for it for 27 people. Super stoked on that. Um, and then we have you, we, we have, I have the Utah trip coming up with my dad and my sister. Very, very excited about that. Um, excited about that. Excited about Thanksgiving. I'm excited that the forerunner conversion is basically done so I can really focus more on, uh, making some things to sell. See if I can actually do it. Um, I have ideas for that, but I've never tried it. So I have tons of wood scraps. Um, I already have one person. wants a cutting board. So I will be making that as soon as possible. I have scraps to do that now. Um, I still need my clamps to do that now that I think about it. Still haven't gotten my pipes from a friend of mine. Anyway, I need to get those. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it wasn't too, uh, teeth chattering. Um, hope I actually made some sense because yeah, I I just got really cold all of a sudden. (laughs) I kind of came ill prepared. I'm not wearing socks, so that's kind of my own fault. My, I'm wearing my super awesome, super warm outdoor vitals coat though. I love this coat. This is my new favorite coat. Um, you don't have to spend a million dollars and you can get a good quality outdoor gear coat. Oh, trail running. I wanted to say this because I did this yesterday. I went for a trail run yesterday um, and I thought it was going to be like five to seven miles. Turns out it was only 4.87, but holy cow, that was a crazy, crazy climb. I've never like, I was basically hiking up the side of this mountain. It was a thousand foot of elevation gain over whatever, 4.8 miles. But I can tell you that was well earned going up. It was like a mile of incline. I don't know what the pitch was. It was super steep though. I have hiked it before going down and it slams your knees and I ran it going up. Um, my pace for that whole thing was like eight fifty something, I think, which is super slow for me, but for trail, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I need to get into trail running shape. Man, my lungs were toast. I was like breathing like crazy. Breathing super, super heavy anyway. Of course you were breathing like crazy. Everyone breathes all day long. (laughs) Moron. Um, So yeah, also try stuff that's very hard and very uncomfortable because trail running (laughs) in the snow (laughs) in Roxylvania was very challenging yesterday. So go forth, try new things, do challenging things. You will be very very grateful that you did, and you'll learn a lot about yourself. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll check in with you guys in a couple weeks. Um, I'll probably have a new podcast with Carl coming up very soon. Carl, you don't know it yet, but I am going to contact you very soon. All right, see ya.